heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, my fellow Americans, I was not scheduled to be back for uh, another day or two uh, on air, but uh, I am uh, pleased to be with you today and uh, and, un- and unpleased at the same time. How is that? And what brings me to the airwaves just a little bit sooner than I anticipated is this uh, uh, this egregious historical event that took place on uh, Monday uh, in the raid on Mar-a-Lago and uh, former President Donald Trump. Let me start the broadcast by saying this. I I see four glaring points that I want to make right up front with you. Four four points. Again, I look at things a little differently uh, than most people out there. Here are the four glaring points I see with all of this. The first is the way the left plays politics versus the right. You know, for many, many years, and when we thought even at those dark moments when our nation was in peril, uh, we were always told, well, no, we don't do it that way. No, that's not proper. No, there's historical precedents. We have to do it this way. No, it's too close to an election. No, we can't worry about the bleach bit. No, we can't worry about the emails. We have to do it this way. The timing isn't right. Don't worry about it. The special counsel has the evidence. He's going to release it before that election. It's coming. And each and every time we see this over many, many years of corruption, the American people continue to look the other way. The Republican Party continues to look the other way. Conservatives and patriots alike continue to look the other way. Each time that happens, the left takes more and more and more, and they push and push and push. How many times have I asked you, where's that tipping point? Have we arrived there yet, my fellow Americans? Well, that's point number one. The second point, which I think is a point I hear nobody speaking about any of these things I'm talking to you about now, but I think this is significant. While we continue to beat the hell out of each other here in America, American versus American, our enemies, are just looking at all of this and chomping at the bit. And I would expect it will be at our darkest time when something happens totally unprecedented, but that has taken us completely off course where they will make their move and do something that will catch us with our shorts down around our ankles. You better believe it. And this is very, it's very definite to me, this point here, uh, the way we uh, uh, abuse and beat and tear each other up in this country. And yet uh, we have real enemies out there that are trying to end this American experiment. It's a dire, dire warning. The third glaring point. I've spoke to you many times over the years about these government agencies. The weaponizing of these government agencies is a death sentence on America. 
Never have our framers or, and our founders of this great nation, never were they to set afoot uh, the empowerment of government agencies that would breathe down our backs the way they are doing and the way they are taking over our nation. It's the, the balance of government, we call it, but it's the government agencies just down below that that are absolutely out of control. It didn't happen yesterday. They've been out of control and we've done nothing about it. And until they are put back in their place, I've, I've even gone as far as suggesting prior uh, term limits for all upper echelon of these government agencies. I've never heard anybody talk about that, but I've talked about it not just Congress and presidents and all of the, I think everybody should be termed out in Washington, including all heads of these government agencies at a certain point up, whatever it is, VP up, whatever, you, you, you have to like the tide, tied in, tied out, wash it out. I, I think the empowerment of these agencies and the fact that they are, they are running it, all of the leaks, all of the things that happened through the Trump administration, all of these points are taken down uh, what 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 we know and love about our country, and they're they're tearing the fabric of this government apart in ways that that we could not imagine. The the harm they are doing cannot be overstated here. And the fourth glaring point I see, as the evidence will show today on today's broadcast here on the Voice of a Nation. All these points and political points that we've been experiencing in past months have always been to stop Trump and stop the American people. And this raid is just one more significant step to stop Trump from running in 2024 at all cost. That's what this is about. There is nothing more to that story. How could there be? There was, there, was, there was no other threat or harm to our nation or the federal government to raid a former president's residence. I, I cannot believe that unless they have some sort of a smoking gun to show us that he's in, he's in cahoots with China. Uh, oh, that would be Biden, right? Or Russia, oh, that, that would be Biden and Pelosi and the rest of the cats out there, right? And we know what took place there, uh, you, you, you know, Unless there's something that shows us that he was a, a complete threat to this nation, to, to the degree we're speaking about. But these are the people we have in office now who are running the farm. They are the threat to our nation. But And this is exactly why the table is turned and they're calling the shots. And that's why they call for this raid. Now, you don't do a raid like this. Uh, in, in any casual uh, way, and we'll talk about that here today. There's a, there's a point of reference and what the steps you have to go through. But let me say, in a historical and unprecedented way, if you're going to raid the residence of a former president, never been done, never thought about. We've even let, we never considered it before. We've let other people and lower positions get away with things because it wasn't proper to do so, right? Right, that's what we keep hearing. But this is acceptable and okay. And, and we'll see that as the evidence lays down today. But if that's what it's come to now, I think we've come to another point of history in our nation.
and it is more than just a sad day. And you can sit and we can sit and peel that onion any way we wish, people, but we are becoming unraveled. By, at each passing day, we're, we're in a very dangerous mode in this nation. And, you know, where does it end? How do we turn that around? There are a lot of questions that need answering, of course. Welcome into the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm out loud here. Always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. And uh, I'm just getting over a sickness myself, um, which we'll talk about another day, not today. But uh, uh, this uh, COVID business is quite something, I'll tell you. Um, it's good to be with you and always good to be in our great country. Now, the sources are saying that this search was in connection with materials that Trump took with him from his time as president, okay? That that's what this is about. Um, the, the, also, the National Archives and Records Administration, it, sources are saying again that they, they referred this case to the Justice Department. And, the, and that also that they recovered 15 boxes of classified materials from his home. We don't know to what level that is or isn't. Now, it, it'll get far more interesting in moments here, I assure you. What does that mean? This is on top of a supposed, I'll remind you, another, as I understand it, 15 boxes that were taken from his home earlier this year, I understand. Now, I, you know, mementos or what exactly they are or are not can't speak about that we don't really know what's in there we may not know for a very long time exactly so um very interesting uh and and, and i'm going to have join me in just a moment will join me for uh, some clarification on several things that men with great law enforcement background lieutenant joseph pangaro will be here with me shortly here and um understands these uh, machinations and law and order and surely the FBI and how this stuff plays out, you know. Uh, I want to share with you first here, uh, Michael Tabman, uh, he's a former head of the FBI's Minneapolis field office. And he says, uh, and I quote, we just haven't investigated presidents after they served their term. Of course, that's never happened before, right? But it is a huge move by the FBI in that the political sensitivities are clear. It's obvious that they're dealing on a very sort of uh, tenuous political climate when you go out and you investigate a president, especially one who says he may run for office again. Right. We're not supposed to do those things. Right. Yeah, sure. Asked about the potential for a search warrant to be politicized. He said any system can be corrupted. You don't say, Michael, huh? <laughs> but in an instance such as this, the search warrant affidavit will at some point be public. He says, you can seal a search warrant for a time. I've done it myself. Uh, sealed a search warrant for various reasons, having to do it with the security of the case. But it will become public, as will the return, which is what they found. So the affidavit will be laid bare. Of course, he's saying at some point, and his last point is, in order for this to really be political, there will have to be corruption at every level along the way, which... I just don't think exist. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting caveat to put in there. So this former head of this FBI office says, okay, so in order for this to really be political, there will have to be corruption at every level along the way. In other words, 
check the box, check the box, check the box, check the box, which I just don't think exists, he says. Fascinating. In other words, it's too much of a long stretch. How, how could that possibly happen? I, I would say back to Michael Tedman that, you know, there have been a lot of oddities that have played out in our country that, you know, shouldn't happen. Uh, never, you know, th that wouldn't, that would go against all the trends and all the historical factors and all the levers of possibilities. And yet they continue to happen. And th this is kind of that surreal moment that I think about. It's like, you're choking me, right? I mean, all the screwed up things that have happened and the people that have gotten away with stuff. And well, I just don't think, and, and as corrupt as the FBI has been, by the way, and the DOJ, right? And well, I just don't think that exists. I mean, why is it people like Michael Tabin, this former FBI, why are they still living in fairy tale land? See, they do that when it comes to the, this fight of going against the good or going against anything on that right side of that political aisle. That's the argument they bring into play. But on the other side, it never plays out. Let me bring on now Lieutenant Joseph Pangaro, retired police lieutenant, recognized security expert, uh, and uh, long history in law enforcement. And uh, Lieutenant Joe, good to have you here on The Voice of a Nation. And uh, so you, you, you also... Well, let me have you answer that first. Uh, it, it, let me stay right to the point of uh, Michael, what he puts out there, Michael Tebbin, and says there, yeah, okay, in order for this to really be political, there would have to be corruption at every level along the way, which I just don't think exists. That's like an echo in my ear, Joe, that I keep hearing, which I just don't think it don't think exists, don't think exists, don't think exists, don't think, I mean, you know, because we've seen everything play out the other way over the past many years. So how can a guy like this make this statement? And and perhaps you might agree with him or not. I don't know. Tell me. Malcolm, I disagree with him. I can tell you right now, the evidence is right in front of our face. And I think because this is such a serious thing, I don't think it's it's settled into people's minds yet. I know someone like you and me who consider these kind of things. We realize how serious what just happened yesterday is. Uh, when I texted you last night when it happened, you're the first person I thought of. And I said, our great American experiment in freedom and liberty is dying before our eyes. What happened is so important. So when he says that it has to be at every level, I disagree with that. First of all, you can have people in charge that decide to do certain things in any organization and the underlings don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, you know, the whole idea of lead from where you are. Well, if, if I'm in an organization and I'm three rungs down, I can't do much about the leadership. I can choose to leave and speak out, which is very costly to me career wise and maybe in other ways. Or I just go about my business and hope it doesn't get to me. What has happened here, there is so much evidence in front of us that this is the next that this is the next cog to turn in the wheel of the destruction of our nation. It is crystal clear when we go back and we see the abnormalities that have happened, or just what the way they attacked Trump from the minute he started, they said, well, here comes the impeachment. The day he was he was uh, sworn in, the newspaper stored is with, here comes the impeachment, because they knew they were coming after him. They had the wheels of the media. They had the wheels of 
uh, academia. They had all these different places that could go after him. And it's very difficult to fight back. When I listen to your opening, I think one of the things that's stark and is something that we have to realize, and, and it's average, just like this man who, who makes this comment, uh, that I don't think he realizes because it's such an important, scary thing is that people don't want to believe that these things are going on. So when you said it, there's differences in how our two political parties react and do things. Well, it, it, this is one of the most important lessons I think we need to see. Our friends on the left uh, have no problem banding together and having one line of talk. We see it all the time when, when they come out with, uh, it's gravitas, it's gravitas, it's gravitas, it's gravitas. They all say the same words. They read the same talking points. They circle their wagons and they do not go outside of it. The people on the right, they often give up somebody. Well, you know, Malcolm, you know, he really shouldn't have said that. And I don't, and we attack ourselves. It's it's the circular firing squad that we do. And when we, when we see this is such a tremendous moment. I'm trying to find the words for it because to, to go after a former president of the United States and obviously a, a very potential uh, presidential candidate in only a few months, this has now changed the paradigm and the relationship between the American government and the people of the United States. You know, we, the people are supposed to be the leaders and we don't have that anymore. And as of the other night, that attack might've been against Trump. Because your goal is, you're right, their goal is to get rid of him at all costs because he's effective and people care about him. And their goal is to get rid of him. And, and they can do whatever they want. Who's going who's gonna to call them out, Malcolm, besides you and me today? Where are we going to see the news stories one after another saying, this is unprecedented. This is dangerous to go after a former president. You could go back to any living president right now and go through through some things they did and call them to account. But we don't do that because we move on. That's what preserves our democracy and our freedom. Whatever happened, if it happened in the in real time, that was one thing. If Trump really did collude with the Russians and he got caught, he would have been impeached and we would have moved on. Mm. To go after him now, basically for the exact reason you said, to prevent him from coming back. That's what this is. They see him on the horizon. They feel what's going on in the country. We're seeing our economy destroyed, our, our, the very fabric of our nation being destroyed. And Trump looks like, to many people, the only one that can try and pull it back together. It's the only hope some people have that America will remain. And to go after him the way they did, potentially to ruin his chances to, to run for president again, is to damage our entire nation and basically tear up our constitution. We now have a rogue government, a third world style government that goes against their political enemies. This has this is the third rail that, that we're stepping on right now. And I, I, I see it as that important. And that, to answer your question, is why I think the man who made that comment and many other people, because they just can't believe we're there. They can't believe that this is really happening. This can't really be happening. Uh, they must have something. They wouldn't just they don't understand that precedent of going after a former president that just left office two years ago, yeah. what that means for the future. So the question is, since our parties do things completely differently, our Republicans have a tendency to fold like cheap cameras mm -hmm. and uh, puke up all over themselves instead of standing up for the people yeah. that elected them year after year after year, and then they never do what they say they're going to do. Our friends on the left do exactly what they say they're going to do. They're emboldened. 
they attack. They attack as one. They use everything in their arsenal to come after us. And they're so emboldened right now that they just did this the other night to a former and maybe future president of the United States. They have attacked your freedom and my freedom and the country's freedom. Yeah. And anyone that's out there sitting that's on the left and they're listening to this conversation, this is something you need to be concerned about, too, because what happens when the Republicans take over? If they had the guts, they would now do the exact same thing. And that spells the end of our democracy. Yeah. When you talk about the left in that way and, it, you know, it, 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 what we're talking about today is well beyond just uh, political talking points. You're right. It's not a left and a right conversation. I know people want to make it that way right away, but it's not about that. So when you say, well, people on the left that might be listening X, Y, Z, you know, I wonder always where the tipping point for those people, uh, where it's going to be. And and I, I say it many times, is it when they hear the boots coming down the the the, the street in their neighborhoods uh, when they we've completely been taken over? I mean, is that when they finally the light bulb goes off or does it happen sometime before then when they understand that we're all Americans and that we can have political disagreements? It's perfectly legitimate and part of the beauty of our nation, but it doesn't make us enemies. And we're allowing uh, the systematic destruction of our nation uh, based on becoming enemies. Uh, and we're, we're playing, everybody, we're playing into the media tune and this political Marxist takeover of our nation that is in place. Now, you mentioned Trump, Joe, and then, you know, I think oftentimes when people say, well, he's only one guy. I mean, what's what's the big deal? I mean, so it's only one man. But he, here's the thing about Trump that's, that's and, you know, and, I, and I'm going to play his... Um, in a, in a little bit here, I'm going to play his uh, message that just came out. You'll hear his words here in his uh, video campaign message. It's quite quite striking, actually. It, it, it's something I want you all to hear. And, you know, all right, in this particular position, when you're going against, uh, well, it's more than just the political class. You're going against uh, an entire system here, an, an entire deal, an establishment that is well-rooted uh, in the way they do business, that it, it, remember, a lot's happened between when we we when our framers signed onto that Constitution uh, and our Bill of Rights here in our nation, and now today, a lot a lot of a lot of stuffs happened. And when you think about a Trump, Joe, you're thinking about somebody. You know, a lot of people. The word courage comes to mind. The word courage, but you know, it isn't. A, I, I don't. I see it way beyond courage for Trump. Trump is brazen. Uh, he has, um, well, he has testicles the size of Nebraska. I mean, he doesn't give a rat's ass. It's just like in a campaign speech just the other day I heard him and he dropped the F-bomb. Well, the crowd went ballistic. Uh, now, if you've heard Trump before he ever was in presidential material, he would do that often in his speeches, actually, to get a rise out of people. He did it the one time. And he put it in there and he talked about the climate change in such a way like we're spending what on what for something that in 300,000, you know, effing years will change us by one tenth of something. You see, Joe, Trump is brazen. And when you think of everybody in every everybody across the board right now in our lives, Joe, in public office or anywhere close to it, and you think of anybody in that caliber, I can you think of anybody else? that comes to mind that is that brazen that has really, I mean, I don't know how else to say it other than balls of steel. I mean, can you think of anyone else? Well, there are a couple people on the horizon that are, are 
trying to be strong. When you talk about Trump, if you and I are part of an organization where we get lots of goodies to just leave things at the status quo, that's what our political class is on both sides. They're just sure. happy to get their goodies. And, you know, we're going to talk about the, the border problem for 50 years. Trump sees it as a problem. He and he says, we're going to fix it. Yep. And he fixes the problem. Amen. That's what, And they don't, well, how come these people stick with Trump? Why do they, he curses. Well, you know what? It's because you're right. He is one man. It's what he stands for. How many times have we been told over the over the decades, give us the Congress and we will make a change. And then they get to Congress and they say, well, no, next we need the Senate. Oh, give us the Senate and then we'll get the presidency. And then nothing happens. I, I heard uh, Congressperson Boebert the other day come out and I thought she was pretty, pretty strong. She, she kind of highlighted what her speech is going to be at CPAC. And, and she said, I'm coming out for you know what's wrong with our Democrat friends. But I'm telling those on the right, our conservatives, uh, the leadership. You had better get your act together and start doing what's right for the people and do, doing it boldly or we're not supporting you. And that's where I think lots and lots of people, Trump supporters, not necessarily Donald Trump himself, the orange man. But what he stands for is people have reached the point of enough. We are being uh, we're being dragged into this socialism, this Marxism. It's happening all around and people are sick of it and they want people to stand up. And the only ones that can stand up that can do anything are afraid. They're afraid to stand up. They'll lose their goodies. They'll get called a name. They won't get to go to a party. Yeah. This is this brings us, Malcolm, to the point that I think our, our revolutionary uh, forefathers must have been at, mm -hmm. at a point when they said, you know, we, we pledge our honor, our fortunes, and our very lives to, to the future. It's getting to that point. And I well, let me ask about you about that point. I've been waiting for that tipping point, back to your point. Is this raid the tipping point, Joe? You know, in, in in the fog of the moment, I'm going to say it's probably there's probably multiple tipping points that's going to lead to that Fort Sumter moment that nobody is going to expect. Okay. And that could be a crazy person out there. That could be an organization out there. That could be anything. But you're pushing people so far that I used to think it was, you know, it was a thing, fun thing to talk about, but but never really happened. And you know what? Who would ever think the things that we have seen? happen actually happen we're, we're in a new world this is a brand new world for america and what it was mm -hmm. and what it's going to be down the road so to answer your point i think it is one of several probable tipping points but it's it's an important one it's big how do we go back how do you put this genie back in the bottle mm. yeah well that's something i ask all the time how do you put this genie back in the bottle here uh, my friends, we are here on The Voice of a Nation, uh, talking to Lieutenant Joseph Pangaro as well, and this unprecedented raid on um, uh, the residence of Donald Trump. Um, he did a very interesting, uh, you know, call it what you want. It was a message, it was a video uh, that went off on his uh, social media site, Truth Social. And um, and I want to play that for you in just a moment here. I want you to hear that in its entire, it's only, I think about three minutes or so, but it's an, it's an important uh, message uh, is what I, I'm after here. And, and it kind of captures the moment. And so we'll play that in just a moment for you as well here, as well as peeling the onion a little bit more. I, I want to discuss also with you the the judge who signed the warrant, who this dude is. I want to tell you about that guy, who, who, who that person is. I want to talk to you also about the the breadcrumbs. That's what I would call it. The breadcrumbs that I have been uh, seeing 
and actually reported on. I've told you about these breadcrumbs multiple times, and I want to bring them to your attention uh, today as well that lead us to the point of where we're at. These, these breadcrumbs tell a story as to why this raid took place and why we're at this critical juncture as well and and what the end result is going to be. And then, you know, are there any questions anymore now that the empowerment has happened? And when you ask, well, will Trump run for 2024? I, I think the DOJ and the FBI just answered that question, didn't they? I mean, I would say back to you, how could he not run now? I, I mean, that, that, and I would say that this is an empowerment now uh, to uh, certainly constitutional Americans, uh, is the way I would say it, and patriots everywhere, and it's and it's going to empower the independents and moderates and all those people who love America to understand what's taking place here. So, did they overplay their their cards? I guess is what I would say to you. Something, and, and uh, you know, you never know with these uh, these cats what they have in store next. It's a very corrupt system, very very corrupt. We are living. It's no longer in that free floating beautiful republic and shiny city on a hill you know you keep hearing the words if you haven't heard them i'm sure you if you paid attention to anything in the past many days and weeks you keep hearing the words banana republic banana republic that's another echo in my ears it's kind of a bitch slap against america basically and our american exceptionalism and who we think we are as a people this banana republic the point of view, you know, sad, isn't it? When you look at these kinds of um, machinations that are going on here, what would you call it? What what would it exactly be? What does it put us in a uh, some sort of a limelight and glory to think that uh, we stand above the rest? That our flag does does uh, fly freely? You know, I don't think so, my fellow Americans. It puts us in a very precarious moment indeed here. We're going to take just a quick pause here. We'll return on the other side. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Now the spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. 
Uh, we invite you, friends, to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years. Where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history. And we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We're a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We're a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down as long as we are confident and united. The tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. 
My fellow Americans, we've come to a moment in time where we've seen the unraveling of our system, of our society, of our nation. And we continue to look the other way in denial, many thinking it's not really happening. And there are those who will almost convince you that perhaps it's just you and you're overzealous moment or you're a theorist and you're just thinking way outside the lines. And yet we know now that our beloved nation is in collapse. So much that the messages I get in here at the network are so alarming. And they tell me so much that people feel this out there. They know what's taking place and they're saddened by it. And they and they don't know what to do about it. And they, they're rec they recognize that it is slipping right, right here, right in this generation. It is slipping away from us to the point that we will not make 250 years. You see, as we come to this milestone of our great America. And, you, you know, you think about it in those terms and, and in past days, even before the raid, as I've been thinking about this nation and and I see and the the threats and the lawlessness. And there's no there, there's no good in any of this. It doesn't benefit anybody's life. And you think about that breaking point and where we're at as a people and what is on the other side of that. And I have to tell you now, it's, it's quite scary. It's quite scary. I've had some very personal talks in recent days with my wife about some of those things and concerns of where our nation is right now. And you you begin to think what happens as human beings, we begin to think of survival. That's what I keep hearing from a lot of different people. Survival. How are we going to survive? Because as all this breaks down and the rule of law and order break down, on the other side of that, you have complete chaos. You've seen those wicked movies that just lay it out there you see the complete breakdown of humanity and then it becomes you either protect yourself or you will be taken as part of the process you have to ask yourself now is that where we're at or we almost there it's a dangerous road isn't it now yeah now, we're joined back here on The Voice of a Nation with Lieutenant Joseph Pangaro. Uh, as we, I want to appeal this now, Joe, and, and uh, get a few points of interest here to educate folks. First of all, let's talk about the judge who did this, okay? Judge Bruce Reinhardt is the one who approved the warrant that enabled the FBI agents to give him the green light to get in there at Mar-a-Lago and raid the house and take everything. And they took anything and everything they wanted. There's one thing about when these FBI people are, when they're empowered, as you know, Joe, they, there are no rules or limitations. 
Uh, they they actually bought people in to break safes and do other things. I mean, they called the shots at that point. There's no doubt about it. Uh, this this man here, the New York Post reports that uh, uh, that you know that this uh, Florida here's a Florida federal magistrate judge. He signed off on the warrant authorizing the FBI raid, uh, and that he. Uh, he left the local U.S. attorney's office more than a decade ago uh, in order to represent employees of the convicted pedophile, Jeffrey Epstein. There's a pretty big history on that. It happens to be the dude that they point out with some research here that uh, uh, approved this raid. Um, Joe, looking at this from a judge and understanding law enforcement, staying point by point and the data points here, um, what would it take for a judge uh, to to have to do this to sign off on a warrant of this magnitude, Joe? Well, Malcolm, the, the process of a, of a search warrant is, uh, is built into our system. It's not a, it's not a two party system. You don't go in there and, uh, you know, the defendant gets to give the judge information and the prosecutor or the law enforcement, the law enforcement officers go in and they, um, they present their case. This is what we believe is leading us to believe that, uh, there is evidence in a specific place at a specific time that will reveal criminal activity. And the judge reviews the pedigree of the officer. You know, what's your experience with this kind of thing? Uh, they read the affidavit, which basically lays out the facts that develops that probable cause. So the judge, you know, could the judge say, is this a political witch hunt? Is that what you're doing? But that that's not the job of the judge. The judge has a law enforcement officer that's in front of them who, or whoever it was that signed off on it in the DOJ that brought the affidavit in and they lay out their case and the judge reads it. The judge can ask questions. Uh, well, why do you think that this is here now? What value do you think that is? Whatever. But as the whoever it is, the presenter, the affidavit, uh, the affiant presents their case. If the judge is satisfied that the four corners of the warrant requirement have been met, Okay. Uh, that the the information in there is 51 percent against 49 that there's evidence of a crime in that location at this specific time then it's uh the judge signs the warrant all right let me ask you now are you convinced that the judge was convinced that they convinced the judge that that happened well i would say not not knowing the judge personally and not to throw aspersions on someone i don't know mm -hmm. we, we have two choices here either one they have a great case that they know something we don't know currently, and they presented that, and the judge was overwhelmed by it and signed a warrant. Which so I stated up front, by the way, in the program, as you recall. Yes. And, and the other side of that is that, you know, we remember some FISA warrants recently that were uh, presented to to judges so that they could go in and listen to, to Americans, to spy on Americans, which you're not supposed to do. But that information was faked up by the same FBI that's presenting this. So is it unreasonable to say, well, maybe they embellished, maybe they put a little something extra in there. Maybe who knows? It's Oh, hard. we've never seen that before, Joe, have we? And that's what I'm saying. We have <laughs> precedent that that might be the case here. Uh, and that convinced the judge. Either mm. way, um, the judge either did it genuinely because the case was made that there's right. something there. Go, go take a look. That's what you're right. supposed to do. You get, you get a search warrant. So it's either one or the other, either the judge, they, they either prove to the judge, as you say, that case in point, it happened and here it is, or the judge went off the rails himself. 
Right. Or he was presented with information that's not accurate. Exactly. Uh, like in the FISA warrant, they, they presented things they embellished. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, the problem is, I can tell you as a law enforcement officer, when I presented an affidavit to a judge, and then I swear at the end that everything in there is true, I do that at peril of my own freedom. If I lied in that affidavit to get that warrant and the judge finds out, I can go to jail for that to get locked up as a law enforcement officer. Mm -hmm. um, there's hearings that can be had. We've all heard of the Miranda hearing and the, and the Wade hearing and this and that. There's a Frank's hearing. And if you get a Frank's hearing, that means someone is challenging your affidavit. Okay. And if you embellish even in the slightest amount. So we, we either have a choice of they did a good job, they embellished. Okay. Or it's uh or it's a lie. Okay. One or the other. All right. That's all right. So that puts it in perspective now with the judge. It's either one or the other. And we, we don't know. And uh, don't don't know. One point we will know. Uh, let's take a look at some of these breadcrumbs, Joe. Now, here's why, you know, is unprecedented as this move was for the raid of the house. Now, Joe, I, I'll ask you as well as we go back and forth here. But, you know, I have to tell you, in all fairness, as a shock as it was, I really wasn't shocked. I really wasn't surprised. Now, I'm guessing you were based on your text to me uh, yesterday, but I, I really wasn't totally shocked. I've been watching these breadcrumbs now uh, play out through the January 6th uh, uh, circus there for a while. But then on July 13th, uh, Politico in their playbook had a whole story point by point with a headline, an unmistakable map to charges against Trump. Now, Politico is a handbook for the left, clearly. Uh, they laid out case in point why there were going to be charges against Trump. Okay. On July 26th, in the Washington Post, the headline, Justice Department investigating Trump's actions in January 6th criminal probe. So that told you again that they're looking deep into this thing now with whatever it is and whatever else they can get him on, which is oftentimes how they play it on. It may not even be the crime on hand that they're trying to get you for, but something else to keep you out of the limelight to be able to run again for public office. I mean, this thing obviously goes pretty high up. I've seen other reports in the last couple of days suggesting that, again, and this, his name always comes up, Barack Obama being behind this. I mean, we know Joe Biden does not have the capacity to kind of call these kinds of shots. The White House says they knew nothing about this. Joe, I have a hard time believing. In fact, I do not believe it. And I wonder if you believe it, that an AG himself uh, or that an FBI director himself would make this kind of a call to go after this historical unprecedented move in American politics to have that sort of uh, um, <laughs> uh, ability, belief system, that they would do that without the approval to know that the White House didn't know. I, I have to absolutely believe the White House knew all about this and may very well have their hands so far in it that they pushed this narrative. Now, I'm not talking about Biden himself, but I'm talking about the cast of characters who are running the funny farm here. What do you think about that, Joe? Malcolm, I, I agree 100%. There's no way. The Department of Justice works for the President of the United States. Exactly. It's in the cabinet. There's no way that you're going to go and do something unprecedented in our history that's going to now set the 
the, the framework for the future of how That's it. That's things it. are going to be done without the White House knowing that it was going to happen. The person in charge, whether he's capable or not, is Joe Biden or the people running him. Right, and there's right. no way this AG goes and does this all by himself yeah. without knowing that, hey, we're going to weather a storm here. We all got to be on board. Yeah. Uh, Joe, that's another point I want to hop on that you just say there, because uh, what you just said, you're right. Uh, in other words, when we talk about, Joe, this being historical and president, what does that really mean to somebody who's listening? Well, here's what it means. It means that now, moving forward in the future, the next administration and the one after that and the one after that, it's no longer unprecedented. They can go after anybody at any time in any form of president for any reason. This broke all those records, didn't it? It absolutely did. And it set a new paradigm for how we go after political enemies. The difference is going to be who's going to have the guts to do it. Now, we see our friends on the left will do it every single time. Any mm. chance they have an opponent to go after, they'll circle the wagons and do it. And the media, like they are doing now, they're applauding like a bunch of seals. They're clapping. Yeah. What a great thing. Finally, the orange jumpsuit for the orange. Yeah. Not realizing that when they came for the bakers, I said nothing. When they came for the plumbers, I said nothing. When there was nobody left, they came for me. Mm. There was nobody to help me. Mm. This is a this is a downward spiral. It's a great and, point, Joe. But what you just said is also important, is that the left is brazen enough that they always take that opportunity and never have a hesitation to slam the hammer. The right... Joe, it just doesn't fit. No, because we, we will never get a backup. You will never have the media uh, applauding that you did this illegal, unconstitutional, unprecedented, democracy damaging thing. They'll make it as this was the greatest thing in the world. This was excellent. And if uh, if a, a Republican turned around and said, you know what, now that we're in charge, we're subpoenaing Hillary. We're going to send the FBI over there to open her house up and find her safes. And her they would lose their minds and everyone would back down because they can't take the pressure. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump don't care about pressure. That's that's one of the things people like about him. He's willing to fight. As I said, as I said, he's brazen. I said a couple other things as well, but he is brazen, Joe. And it, it's a little more than just courage. Uh, it's a it's a whole nother level up. You know what I'm talking about here, right? right? Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and we don't know a lot of people. Come on, let's be honest now. We don't know a lot of people like that. That's a very unusual quality, Joe, in a person. It, it puts you in another category by itself. I'm sorry, but it does. Well, it's, it does. And Malcolm, I think one of the determining factors there is mm -hmm. what do you have to lose by standing up? Mm -hmm. You know, if you have nothing to lose right. by standing up, then it's easy to stand up. Well, it's easier to stand up. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't care about the media coming after you and you have enough money to live your life wonderfully, mm -hmm. you can stand up. If That's you're a it. regular person... Yeah say a third level down in the FBI that was ordered to do something funky in this case, and they stand up, they can lose their job. They can get indicted. They can lose everything. Let for their spend family. their life in jail. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point you bring up. All right. August 8th, Joe, uh, there was another headline, uh, which was just yesterday now. And this kind of brings my breadcrumbs uh, to a hit here. And this one was very interesting here. Clinton linked lawyer says Trump, could be barred from re-election after FBI raid cites U.S. code. Now, the U.S. code, this uh, person is speaking to the, the lawyer of Hillary Clinton, Mark Elias, uh, is U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2071. It states, whoever having the custody of any such record, proceeding map, book, document, paper, or other thing, willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, 
mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same shall be fined under this title or imprisoned, not more than three years or both, and shall forfeit his office. And there's the echo in your ears, friends, and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Again, there's the echo. Disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Holding any office under the United States. Joe, I think there's the smoking gun right there. Well, I think it's pretty clear. And I've heard some uh, some newscasters on the left talking about it and saying, well, here you go. I mean, obviously, if he took the papers and they're there, that proves the case. What we have to look at, the, the bigger picture here, Malcolm, is obviously to, to get him out of the race. If they have this these these paperwork, the law books are big. You can find something to charge somebody with any day of the week. Well, you know just, that as a law enforcement officer. Yes, he just has to be indicted and sullied up enough where enough Republicans will say, well, obviously we can't vote for a guy who might get and go to prison and then look to someone else and put him out of the race. When we look at the evidence, you were talking about it before. I might go in there because I'm looking for these historical records that he refused to give up. Uh, which could also be by a mistake. He might have think he ha has a right to them. He's been apparently working with them to give back what belongs to them and what belongs to him. But once I'm in that house and I have a search warrant and I can open safes and go in every place I go, amazing what I can find or I can manufacture yeah. to say what I saw and what it could possibly mean. You know, so it could be a door opening technique. Hey, we got this way in. We're in. And well, that's we're what there. they tried to do with Russia. They tried to manufacture the crime, Joe. Exactly what you say right there. Yes. Yeah, right. there was no crime, but you just keep trying to find something and you keep everybody else doing the limbo while you try to find something and the media goes lock and step with the whole parade. I mean, how screwed up is that? Well, one of the things I, I heard in the reporting about this is that they were not very, uh, they didn't sit and go through the documents on exactly. scene. They did okay? not. No. Well, what, a search warrant is very specific. A search warrant asks for a specific thing in a specific place at a specific time. So if they were looking for these uh, archivable documents, they would have to describe what these archivable documents are. So if I go in and I see a file cabinet and I go through it, I see archival documents, I should take those. I shouldn't take the entire Joe, file. Joe, I understand they took everything, meaning they took personal things, they took boxes of stuff, they took other records, anything at all that was lying around in those offices. I, the reports I have is they snagged up everything. Right, because they say we're here for paperwork and they take paperwork. I've been on cases, Malcolm, where I had to do paperwork search warrants and we went in and we took uh, billing records from a company or whatever. Mm -hmm. And while I'm there, we take the computers because that's where billing records are kept. And as we're examining the computer forensically, we find there's child pornography on the uh, on the computer. Well, we have to stop back out, add to our affidavit and tell the judge, hey, now we found evidence of this crime. Mm -hmm. um, can we continue to look? And of course, the judge would say, yes, you had a right to be there. You saw it. And here's the next warrant. So they can use this warrant into the door to to expand or open anything that they find any scintilla. Which is what they evidence. did, actually, Joe, with all of Trump's people around him. That's how they took like Manafort and all those. That's how they took. Right. They took all those down for that same reason. Yes, of course. That's how any investor you take a low player and you, yeah. you get them on something that you can get them on mm -hmm. or that they think they can get you on. And then you say, well, you're going to go to jail for 20 years or you can cooperate. That's a legitimate um, investigative tool. We don't like it. We don't yeah. like to talk about it, but it's real. But that's how you build up to, to the big uh, big person at the top yeah. Yeah. Uh, and how you get them. And All right. Let me, let me read you. You're trying to get them. Let me read you this uh, real brief tweet, Joe, from uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, he says, the raid of Marlago is another escalation 
in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents. While people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves, now the regime is getting another 87,000 IRS agents to wield against its adversaries. Banana Republic, period. <laughs> now, so let me ask you now, back to this in our closing comments, Joe, back to this moment in time and the tipping point. Very difficult question. What do the American people do next? What do we, the people, do next? Malcolm, I'm going to look to the historical record of how these things happen, and they do happen throughout humanity. Humanity has lived under tyranny forever. This American experiment is extremely unique to all of all of humanity of all time. And when we watch other uh, other government entities in the past, as they started to fall apart, there is a slow drip like water taking out the foundation. But at some point, that whether it's one or two or three waves wash against the foundation at just the right moment, and it falls very, very quickly. We are seeing this unprecedented amount of crime that nobody will go after. Our borders are wide open. People are pouring in. We're seeing this, this complete disassociation of freedom of speech, just like everything you mentioned in the beginning. All of these are waves washing against the foundation of what our nation is. And I could certainly see this going on for another three, four years with a little you know, death by a thousand cuts, or I can see this piling up all at one time and it just boiling over into something we would not recognize. I, you have to look at historically, it happens. We are no different than the rest of humanity other than we've had this buffer of constitution and we all agreed to live by it. Mm. We might've been going up the river in different boats, yeah. but we, we were going for the same thing. Now we're on completely different rivers mm. and we are at that crossroad. It, it is here, whether it's tomorrow or 10 years from now, but you don't go back from this. We do not come back from this to where we were. It's going to be something different. It might be good or it might be very, very bad. Mm, wow. Wow. Those are the words of wisdom from Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. Uh, in closing, my fellow Americans, I'll read you this last uh, piece here from Donald Trump, where he says, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance because we are Americans and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. I think it's a message we all have to digest and build on now and understand where we're at as our country continues to slip away. You know, as I was playing earlier, his video campaign I can't describe to you the the goosebumps all over my body. The the pride, but also the concern and the moment where you want to weep for your nation. But in that weep is strength and it is strength to fight back. And it is time to get involved and get loud. America.